Hello, friends. So the episode that you are about to listen to was recorded the same week that the episode came out, which doesn't always happen, um, which is good that I can record in batches and it works very well for my health and all of that. But that being said, since the Thursday before Thanksgiving, so like a week and a half ago, by the time you guys listen to this, it'll be like two weeks and I really hope that it's broken by then. But I have had a migraine and not felt very well at all. So if you notice me kind of stumbling over my words or not making as much sense or being like you started a sentence and then stopped and I'm really kind of confused. Um, I was, this episode is with a special guest, so I feel like there's not as much of that happening if I had done a solo episode. But just know that if this is the first episode that you have listened to of this podcast and you're like, hey, she doesn't really make a lot of sense and I don't really know if I want to continue listening. (laughs) I promise they're not all like this, but on days where I have migraines and just am dizzy and all of that it's kind of hard to focus but I've already had already rescheduled um, recording this episode when I was sick last month so or at this point I think this is coming out in December I think Friday is a December is Friday's December I think um <laughs> I think this is coming out in December so like two months ago when I was really sick in October um it definitely like pushed back a lot of things. So I didn't want to have to reschedule, especially with my migraine shots coming up and all of that. So anyways, I'm going to stop rambling, but just know that if I don't make complete sense and if this is the first episode that you have listened to, um, yeah, they're not all like that. (laughs) I'm typically more eloquent, I would like to think. And yes, you guys are getting this episode on December 1st. So a couple months ago, I was sick and all of that. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode and let's dive in. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Beautiful Legacy Podcast. I am your host, Abigail Gagnon, and today we have a special guest, Miranda, and we are going to be talking about military um, life and transitioning back into civilian life and all of those kind of things. So, Miranda, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I was in the Air Force for almost 10 years. I was a jet mechanic. Um, and after we had my oldest daughter, I decided to do a voluntary separation and get out early. Um, I had always planned to do uh, a full career, the full 20 years. Um, but then after she was born, I just realized like, you know, being gone from her so much wasn't something I wanted to do. So I separated under the early um, childbirth clause. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. So, um, what made you decide to join in the first place? Was that something that you always wanted to do? Do you have different family that's in the military? Uh, so like my grandpas were in the military, but it was more of just like, I didn't, I knew I didn't want to go to college, but I also didn't really know what I wanted to do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, you know, at 18 years old, I don't think anybody has a completely firm grasp on what they want. Um, so I felt like the military was the best way, uh, to travel and kind of get out of my small hometown. And so that's what I did. I left for basic training, uh, eight days after graduation. That's awesome. I know that a lot of people do join Super and My husband joined right after, um, high school as well. He was in the Marines, um, and I, my grandparents were in the military and uncles and different things like that as well. Um, what would you say, like, some of the biggest challenges going into it that you didn't expect or maybe expected, but just some of the biggest challenges that you experienced? Um, so it was definitely, like, basic training was fine. Like, I, I don't think basic training was really all that hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of new going into it what to expect um but I didn't have a job like I didn't have an assigned career when I left for basic training so when I got there they just like gave me this list of open career fields 
like very general. Um, and I somehow managed to score high enough on maintenance stuff to get a, a tactical aircraft maintainer. So learning that was definitely the hardest part because I didn't even know anything about tools. Like <laughs> you, you could have given me like a screwdriver and a wrench and I like would be able to tell the difference. But like, as far as like their applications to different things, I had no idea. So basically learning all the maintenance stuff was very, very difficult. Um, especially as a female, cause I was the only girl like in my tech school class. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was probably the most challenging aspect was learning how to, how to navigate like being a female in maintenance. Cause it is very challenging. I can imagine that would be a learning curve for sure. Um, And as far as I know, you said traveling was one of the things that you wanted to do. What were some of the places that you ended up while you were in the military? Um, So I didn't get to do as much like overseas traveling as I had hoped while I was in. Um, But I got to be stationed in Arizona. And then from there, I moved. We went I went to South Korea, which is where I met my husband. Um, And I was over there for a year. And then we went to Florida, um, New Mexico, and then we went to Japan for three years. Um, and then I deployed to Afghanistan. I did different like TDYs around the States, but not as much like overseas traveling as I was hoping. So, but I mean, it, it was still fun. I still had a good time getting to like go to different States and yeah, it was, a, it was it wasn't terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Were there different, like, I know, obviously, being in the military, you probably were mainly on base or like doing different things that you needed to do. But in different states or countries that you were able to experience some of like the culture or different, <clears throat> what were some of like the biggest culture shocks that you experienced doing that? Um, well, South Korea was interesting, because they like it's a pretty big party scene, which was pretty awesome because I was 21. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, you know, a, a good experience, I think, to be overseas and like be in a atmosphere that was probably what I would say a little safer than being newly 21 in the States. Um, but other than that, like Japan is was very much like they have different greetings based on your age and like different, um, like just respect things for, um, compared to like over here, Mm -hmm. like I would have to cover my tattoos when we went to certain places. Uh, I would, um, yeah, just, it's a lot more modest dress, very, just very different. And they're very, uh, quiet, very respectful of other people's personal space and belongings and, so that was an adjustment to, to like be able to leave my laptop on the table at the coffee shop when I would go to the bathroom and come back and everything still be there. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, letting my kids be able to go to the bathroom like by themselves and not have to worry. And, you know, just it was it was very kid friendly over in Japan. That's really awesome. It's really sad that in America, at least in most places, that is things that you have to think about. Um And I know like different like TikToks and stuff that I've seen of like, oh, I moved to this other country or I came to America and these were different things I experienced. And some of it is so, um, I don't want to say I've become desensitized to it, but different things that other people have said. And I'm like, oh, other countries aren't like that. (laughs) I would have thought that was everywhere. Yeah. And like, so my kids were, we moved to Japan when my youngest was about seven months and my oldest was a little over two. And so being able to raise toddlers in a place where like, if they threw a temper tantrum, like you weren't judged, you weren't Mm -hmm. looked, you know, you weren't looked at like, oh my gosh, what the heck, get your kids under control. Like it was so respectful and every, like people would try and help, you know, they'd give the girls like a little treat to try and calm them down or, talk to them. And so that was really 
awesome to be a mom over there when my kids were so young. That's really awesome. I love that. Did you guys learn um, like any of the other languages to a point or were you mainly speaking English to everybody that you encountered? So in South Korea, we learned enough to be, I guess what I would deem like polite, Mm -hmm. you know, like greetings and to say how to say thank you and stuff like that. Sadly, in Japan, we were over there through COVID. So they shut down um, lessons on base. Like, and there's only, Japanese is a really hard language to learn because like I said, there's so many different, um, like, like to say good morning, for example, you could say Ohio, but that's like the slang term. Like that's how you would talk to your friend. Mm-hmm. And you would say like Ohio Gosaimas when you're talking to like an elder. So there's a lot that you have to learn that even if you were to do it like through an app, you just don't pick up on the differences. Mm-hmm. And so since we were over there through COVID and when they canceled the um, lessons on base, we sadly didn't get to learn as much as we had hoped. That would be really confusing to have to remember all the different things that you would have to say to different people of different age groups. Did you find like if you said the wrong thing that people were understanding or did you find that people were offended because you're in their country and you're not respecting their culture kind of thing? Um, Most people were very, very understanding. It was more of like, Like, uh, my daughter went to a Japanese preschool for Mm -hmm. a little bit, and I would have to cover my tattoos when I would go there. And there would be people who were like, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to cover my tattoos. I'm not Japanese. And they found that really disrespectful. Like, Mm -hmm. when you just blatantly didn't even attempt to put effort into, you know, their culture and stuff, that would be considered disrespectful. But if I messed up, and said the wrong thing to someone, as long as they knew it was like, you know, with good intentions, obviously, right? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're gonna know the difference if you're being rude versus, you know, being trying to be respectful. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, And as far as like the biggest positives, obviously, being able to experience different cultures, but um, military wise, like, what are some of the biggest positives that you took away from your time um, in the Air Force? Um, Well, it definitely helped me, I think, to be more independent, like right out of high school. And it, I would say the maintenance, like I have used so much of what I learned maintenance wise, like on my cars and stuff. Um, So that was super awesome to kind of translate, like it saves you a lot of money to be able to do, you know, your own basic maintenance on stuff. And then the discipline, you know, daily life, just getting up on time, going to the gym, staying healthy, like that all transferred over um, from my time in the military. That's really awesome. Those are obviously very good skills to have. So that's, that's super awesome that you had that experience and was able to continue it in the civilian life. Is um, going in the military something that you would do again. It sounds like that is something that you would do again. Um, yes, as far as like doing what you did, not just like rejoining now. Yes and no. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think it's a great option. Um, and if you know you're if you're struggling to find something to do, I think it's a great option. But if you have other avenues that you want to explore before going into the military, I would say take that chance, you know? Like for Mm -hmm. example, if I, I also have gotten my doula certification since I've been out, if I would have known a doula was an option before joining the military, I might have gone a different route, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so like, yes, it's great. I don't regret my time in it all, but I wish I would have had my earlier years to explore different things as well. Yeah, that makes complete sense. I I can understand why that may be the case. I know my husband, there were different parts that he liked about it. He liked a lot of um, his time in the service and he wouldn't not have done it, 
but he definitely, he got out after four years and then obviously at the four years inactive, but he wouldn't have wanted to continue after that. Like he wasn't passionate about continuing or anything like that. Whereas obviously there are a lot of people that continue after those. So I think that it's obviously is different for everyone. And I'm glad that they have that option where people can get out earlier if they want to and be able to do other things. I think joining for like four years is a great, a, a definitely a great option. Like if you're not necessarily sure what you want to go to school for, because then you can, you know, you have your schooling paid for while you're in and it kind of gives you the ability to maybe explore degree plans that you wouldn't have done otherwise. Yes. That was part of why mm-hmm. he did it was because he had no <laughs> idea what he would want to go to college for. And so it just made sense to do that. Yeah, exactly. And as far as transitioning back into civilian life, what were some of like the biggest challenges and um, positives that you have found? Um, so one of the biggest challenges for me was definitely losing like that camaraderie mm-hmm. um, and the people. It was really hard at first, especially because I had, let's see, my oldest was like eight months old when I got out. Um, so I was still, you know, a fairly new mom and just finally starting to feel like I could leave the house with her, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. those first couple months, like the diaper bags and packing everything up and getting the kid in the car seat. And it's, it's a lot to kind of like learn, especially when we didn't have family around. Um, so losing like that camaraderie and the people was really hard, kind of like finding my purpose because before I got so much satisfaction, like if I would come into work and a jet was broken and I left and that jet was ready to fly, like that was like a huge deal. Right. So to kind of be able to find that satisfaction through motherhood, I think it took me a while. Like, I wish I I could say like I jumped into motherhood and it was like this beautiful thing for me, (laughs) which it is now, but it wasn't at first. So, um, yeah, probably that would be the hardest transitioning out. But then also the, one of the perks was that I had free time to kind of work on discovering myself outside of the military. Cause I didn't have to go back to work. I was a stay at home mom. I, I still am. But so it gave me that free time to kind of, like I said before, explore other avenues of things that I definitely would have never had time for while I was you know, working 12, 14 hour shifts. Absolutely. I think that that is something that even though with my chronic health, um, getting worse over the years and not being able to work, um, now that I miss, like I miss being able to go to work and get all this stuff done and work long days. But I also feel like to a point I wasn't able to pursue other things or work on healing certain like trauma and stuff that I experienced over, Mm -hmm. you know, that time. And so being able to have the time to be able to just be and not have to be working such long days and stuff definitely has its benefits for sure. Absolutely. Like I kind of feel that's one thing the military is really, really good at is they kind of take all that thinking out of the picture You know, like you don't have to think about what you're going to wear for the day. You don't have to think about how you're going to do your hair, your makeup, like everything is laid out. You just have to show up and, you know, do your job. So that's, it's really awesome. Like I said, when you're 18 and you don't really have that good sense of self, right. To like hold yourself accountable. But at the same time, it also does put you in that bubble of this is it, you know, (laughs) You don't, you don't, you don't need to worry about working on your, your, uh, mental health or your healing because we're already telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. If that, if that makes sense in that, you know, that way, I guess. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. Even though I wasn't in the military and didn't have the super strictness to the degree, obviously that you would have experienced, but obviously I had a uniform that I had to wear and I worked in a kitchen and it was different every day to some level, but it was also very similar (laughs) at the same time. 
And so it was, yes, depending on what groups were in and whatever we were making for food. Cause one of the jobs that I had was at a conference center and then a summer camp. So to a degree, every day was different, but at the same time, like you have to put out the breakfast bar and the salad bar. And so to some degree I could do it with my eyes closed and half asleep because exactly it's the same thing every day. Yeah, exactly. And I know that you said that you are a stay at home mom now, but mm-hmm. you had also talked about pursuing doula. Is it classes certificates? Are you wanting to do that in the future? Are you looking to do that now in addition to staying home? Um, so actually it's something I've already done. I was doing it before I got pregnant with our second. Um, and I loved it. I absolutely loved, you know, going to births and helping women, um, understand their options during pregnancy and informed consent and all that kind of stuff, you know? Um, but it's not something I'm looking to do right now. It's very, emotionally heavy, mm-hmm. you know, certain births I would go ha- come home from and like kind of have to process and download from. And right now my focus is my kids and being emotionally and mentally as healthy as I possibly can be for them. And so doula work, while it is very rewarding, it is also very, can be very taxing and so I'm just trying to maintain that balance, um, you know, to be the best mom I can be for my kids. I am working on my personal training certification. It's something I did in the past as well, um, but I let it lapse, you know, through military and um, having kids. So I'm working on getting that back again. That's awesome. And what would, would you want to do, like start your own thing with personal training or would you want to just be hired by someone else and do it that way? Um, I think it depends on where uh, life takes us. I'm kind of open to both. I just really want to have my free time because I homeschool my kids too. So -hmm. it would be good. Like if I could work with a gym, you know, to have access to their facilities, but be able to kind of schedule the clients on my time. That would be the ultimate goal for in-person training. I don't necessarily want to do like online coaching. I think it's a great option. And I I actually, all my coaching, because I'm a power lifter, all my coaching is done online. I don't do any in-person stuff, Um, like my personal coaching. Mm -hmm. But um, I, at this point, don't have the desire to um, go that route because I just feel like it's a pretty saturated market. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And with getting out of the military, did you guys settle like near family that you had, um, like where they're at, or did you go somewhere or stay somewhere that you were stationed in the military and really liked? Um, What was that like? So we, I got out in 2017 and my husband stayed in. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I separated, that's when we got orders to Japan. So, and then when he got separated, um, we came back to Washington. So we're in Washington state for right now, but we don't plan on staying here. We don't know where we're going to end up. (laughs) (laughs) We're actually in the process of converting a school bus into an RV right now. And uh, yeah, and we're, we just kind of want to travel for a little bit when it gets done and find somewhere that feels like home to us, wherever it may be. I mean, we have friends all over throughout the United States now, you know, with with our time in. And so we kind of want to just travel around and visit people and see if, you know, somewhere just feels like home. That's super awesome. Are you guys doing all the work yourself on the bus or are you guys having other people help you? So we're doing the majority of the work ourselves with some guidance, I would say. Um, We are working with someone to install solar because I'm like super paranoid about like electrical fires. (laughs) My stepdad was an electrician. So like I just have it in my brain, like one wrong thing gets wired and, you know, it's all just going to (laughs) burn. So we're working with professionals on that we're going to do the work ourselves, but they're going to come like 
guide us for like an hour or, you know, make sure we're doing it right. That makes complete sense. My husband is very handy and he likes, you know, watching YouTube videos or whatever and figuring things out. He can basically do anything when it comes to like fixing things or building things. But when it comes to electrical, he definitely is way more hesitant because of not wanting to start a fire because that just would not be fun, especially like in the camper and stuff. Um, Yeah. In such a small space. Yes. He definitely has consulted other people and um, one of my brothers is an electrician so he was like well at least I can know that if I need to I could call him or ask him for exactly exactly like I am perfectly fine I can go out and work on the bus engine and be like oh this is fine because that's what I'm used to work the you know type of Mm -hmm. stuff I'm used to working on but like when it comes to electrical and even woodworking like I measure something like, you know, the saying measure twice, cut once. No, I measure it like 10 times because I just don't (laughs) trust myself. And I'm like, wood's expensive. Okay. I am not going to mess this up. (laughs) I probably would be the same way. (laughs) Yeah. Like I am terrified. (laughs) Yes. I, I don't blame you with the, with the bus. Are you guys like coming up with your own floor plan or did you see other things that you were like, Oh, I want to have it laid out this way. So this has actually been a project in the process. I would say since like late 2020, Mm -hmm. um, we kind of started to get the sense then the direction of things and knew my husband was going to be getting out at some point, like some point in the near future. (laughs) Um, So we have been looking at different layouts and floor plans since then. Like if there's a YouTube video about a bus, we have watched it. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's kind of a modge podge of different layouts we really loved that we felt like would best fit our family. That's super awesome. I love that. I don't know if I would want to do that myself. I mean, I don't mind living in smaller spaces, but I also like having all my stuff in one spot. And I feel like while we could pare down and we're only two people at this point, I feel like a lot of stuff, certain things would end up in storage. And I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) I like to, I enjoy like where we're at now, finally being in a place where we can just have all our stuff in one space and not have to go to his mom's or whoever has our stuff stored um, to get it. Yeah. So I think with both of us being active duty, um, we moved so much. Mm-hmm. Like I, we moved every two years basically up until my husband got out and he was in for 15 years. So Japan was actually our longest base. We, and we were there for three. So we just don't have a lot of stuff because we're used to one, having to be underweight when we do move. And two, like it's not worth bringing certain stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's easy to be like, oh, we don't need that. Get rid of it. We'll get a new one when we get there. So we don't really have a lot. Um, so it's going to be pretty easy just to kind of put it all in the bus. Like we're going to have storage for our snowboards. We're going to have a bike rack for our bikes. So everything will just kind of tag along with us. Yeah, that makes complete sense. I moved around a lot the first was it seven years. No, I've been living. We've been together for four so the la- for the first six years that I was out on my own, I moved two to three times a year. And mm-hmm. so I definitely could stick all of my stuff in my little Toyota Avalon. And that was that. Yeah. <laughs> that was everything. And I didn't mind that. And to a point, I wouldn't mind doing that again. But at the mm-hmm. same time, like I said, it is nice to now be settled and be in a place. And like last year and the year before, we moved around a lot. And so it's nice to just be able to just be enough. Oh, yeah. Don't worry about that. I am like super looking forward to finding our forever home because Mm -hmm. I am very much a maximalist decorator. Like I love like trinkets and cool pieces of art and plants. Like my house right now is filled with plants. So I am definitely looking forward to getting to the point to where like I don't have to worry about, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, getting rid of them when we leave. Yes. Yes. I, like I said, I do think it would be really fun. And I've always like thought of the idea of like a tiny home or converting a bus or something like that. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think I'd want to do it personally long term. Like doing yeah. it for like a couple years to be able to go because I haven't traveled too much off the East Coast. So I think it would be cool to, you know, do more of a road trip around the country. But I do at the moment, like just being. Yeah. And back to military things. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you had said that looking back, you kind of wish that you had explored some other options beforehand, but what would be like your biggest advice to people besides looking into other options before joining? Um, if other, if people are listening or considering joining, like what would be your biggest advice to them? Um, don't, well, first train, run, (laughs) (laughs) you know, there was so many, um, there was like females in my flight that didn't even know how to do a push up. So be prepared for that. I don't know how basic training is now. It's been a while. Um, but I mean, it's, it's never going to hurt to be working out, you know? Um, and then don't, don't lose your sense of self, like your morals and values when you join, because it is very much, um, like a party culture, you know, every event you go to in the military, there's alcohol, every event you go to, they request DDs. Um, and it is very much just, that's part of it, you know? Mm -hmm. So if that's, if you don't like drinking and that's not something you're interested in doing, don't lose that, that conviction. Um, just because you're now surrounded by it. I think that was one of the hardest things I personally had to deal with was um, going into the military. I wasn't much of a partier, but then being in that environment, I definitely let it sway me a little more than I wish I would have. I don't have any regrets or anything like that. Like that's pretty much how I met my husband and we've been together 12 years now. Um, But it, it can be overwhelming I think for a small town folk (laughs) who've never seen the big city (laughs) yeah it was interesting when my sometimes when my husband has shared different stories and I'm like oh I didn't realize that that was such a big thing I mean I understood like on nights off like going out on the town or whatever but Mm -hmm. just drinking more like in the barracks or whatever on like nights off or whatever it was it's just I wouldn't have necessarily thought that. I mean, it makes sense, but I just, I don't know. I never really thought about it before him for some reason. Yeah, it was, it was definitely um, different, especially like when you go TDY, like, you know, temporary duty stations and stuff, people can get a little crazy because, you know, they're in a new place and they want to go out and have fun and um, so just, you know, be aware of that when you first join, because I know so many underage people get in trouble and, you know, just start their military career off on the wrong foot just for something like that. Yeah, that obviously is not a good thing at all. Yeah. And, um, obviously there's probably lots of misconceptions about military life, but what would you say some of the biggest are that you've experienced with other people that, um, weren't in the military or don't know much about it that they've said to you or that you've seen? Um, I mean, I don't know if there's been any misconceptions. I think one of them is that they're going to be, I don't know if it was just our career field, Mm -hmm. but, um, like the deployment schedule air force, at least it wasn't too terrible because we were both in. Yes, we were both in. So we're both going different places. So that was hard. But other than that, like my, we, we were home more than I thought we would be. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, like I said, because we were both in one of us was usually in the door and out the door and, uh, different schedules and stuff. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't think of any super big misconceptions. The, the one that I deal with the most now is just that like if I park in veteran parking, you know, like mm-hmm. people look at me like, what are you doing? Luckily, nobody said anything, but I have gotten some funny looks. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, 20, it's 2023. There's enough of us female veterans walking around now, but this shouldn't be a thing anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's super interesting that people would give you looks over that. Um, that's just, that's very odd. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
with getting back into, I know you kind of had talked about like um, the transition of not having the schedule and all of that, but was there anything that you were surprised was really difficult getting back into like civilian life versus being in the military besides the schedule and having things planned out for you? Yeah. So actually when we first got back here, I got a part-time job. Um, my, like we, we had missed sign up for schools to use our GI bill. So we just needed the extra income and it was a lot harder than I thought it would be to transition to civilian workforce. Mm -hmm. Like I, I mean, and obviously it's, it could just be who I was working for and that kind of stuff. Um, but like I got in trouble for vacuuming too much for doing too good of a job vacuuming. Uh, that is <laughs> like I, very weird. Know, yeah. I had moved a display case to vacuum under it and I got told not, you know, don't move any of the display cases. And I was like, but it was disgusting. <laughs> like I could see, <laughs> I could see the stuff under there. Like that's gross. Um, and just how I was kind of talked to and stuff. So that was really hard to come to terms with because I had been used to, I was a flight chief. So I was used to kind of coming up with scheduling and, you know, uh, training and all that kind of stuff. And then to be talked to, like, I couldn't even vacuum a room right. That was difficult. I can imagine. I think that's just strange in general, just to say you're vacuuming too much and too well. That's very odd. I mean, I can understand maybe if they were afraid that if you moved it, that you would end up breaking whatever was inside. But I feel like just telling you to be careful or maybe ask someone to help you move it next time would be sufficient yeah. not telling you you vacuumed too much or yeah, you it, vacuum it was there. it was very very strange and like I, I just worked at like a supplement store so like mm-hmm. I was just like you know helping stock shelves and helping people find different workout supplements or different um natural remedies that they needed and so it was just very it was a very interesting um place to work I'll just say that <laughs> that it sounds very interesting and not in a good way Yes. Yes. And I know that you had talked about wanting to focus on like your mental health and all of that. Um, And you don't have to go into details if you don't want to, but were there certain resources for veterans that um, you could recommend to other people if that's in relation to that, or maybe that just resources that you know of in general for veterans? Um, so just sad, sadly for me, I had a really bad experience with mental health in the military. Mm -hmm. Um, I tried to seek counseling in 2015 for some things that I was working through and it, it went in a direction that made me afraid that I was going to lose my military career. Um, so I stopped going. Now, when I separated, I started seeing a civilian therapist that TRICARE covered. And that was really where I noticed a huge difference in the help I was receiving. It, so if you are in the military um, and you go to mental health on base and it's not working out, request for an outside provider. Um, that would probably be the number one. Don't, don't skip out on mental health because there are a little, uh, there's a lot of really awesome people in the clinic. I just so happened to have, you know, a bad experience. And then also on base, I can't remember what they're called. Um, but you can go to the chaplain. If you're active duty, wives can go to the chaplains, um, or dependents can go to chaplains. And then, and there's for all different denominations and religions. So whatever, you know, you fall under your spiritual beliefs, or even if you don't have any spiritual beliefs, they're a really great source of just like someone to talk to. Um, And then at the family um, advocacy center, there is always someone like a counselor that you can go talk to and they are not allowed to keep records of anything. So if you're looking someone that you can kind of talk to without 
I don't want to say the backlash or, you know, I don't, I don't want to frame it in a way that like, this is the only person you should go talk to because they're not going to write anything down. But Mm -hmm. that is also a really good stepping point for people that may not be ready to go to mental health. That's really good to know. Um, As far as like resources for transitioning out of the military into civilian life, were there any that you've utilized or that you know of that are really good? Um, I just went through like my TAPS class, the Mm -hmm. transition assistance program, um, and just took a lot of notes through that. I, because my husband was staying in, I didn't have to worry so much about that kind of stuff because we still had TRICARE. We still had, you know, housing allowance and that kind of stuff. Um, so, but when he separated, um, and we were both, you know, completely transferring away from military world, he, I, he really recommended, um, getting someone that can help you with your disability Mm -hmm. and staying on top of that kind of stuff, because it's very easy to slip through the cracks. Like, um, and if you qualify for health insurance through, you know, like uh, TRICARE still, making sure, or veterans health insurance, making sure you stay on top of that kind of stuff because it is an awesome resource. And then if you plan on going to school, find the, re- the, the veterans resource counselor at your local school that you plan to go through um, because he has been super helpful for us um, getting back into school and making sure that we are utilizing our benefits to their full potential. That's really awesome. I love that there's so many different resources and stuff out there. And I'm sure that there are others that you may not know of as well that other people could look up. Um, Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, and especially for women, there's um, female veteran specific groups too, because Mm -hmm. we do face, you know, different challenges um, medically and usually career field. Like there's not very many female aircraft maintainers in general. So then trying to find an avenue that that transfers to, you know, in the outside world. So they're just a great resource to have too, just to bounce ideas off of. That's awesome. Like I said, I'm so glad that they have that as an option because I think that it's definitely necessary um, to have different things like that because regardless of one's experience in the military, it obviously is going to have some like impact with transitioning out because oh, yeah. no matter what, you would have some shift there. So that's really good that they have those. Was there any other um, things that we didn't touch on or that you wanted to add? Um, just to, like, when you get out, one of the biggest things I would say is take care of yourself, regardless of how that looks for, you know, you and your situation, like, Make sure you're still taking, you still take care of yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally because it is hard and it is going to be a transition regardless of how good your experience was. It, you know, I have yet to meet a single person that got out and was like, oh yeah, no, everything worked out exactly. You know, like everything went perfect and (laughs) there was no issue. There's always some level of like, you know, yeah, I really struggled mentally because I didn't have that, that thing to wake up for every day, you know, to put on my uniform and to go to work. Or it was really hard to transition from tech sergeant Radel to, oh, now that's tech sergeant Radel's wife. You mm-hmm. get what I mean? Like it, it just make sure you still maintain your health. Yes, I think that that's important. Even for those that are listening that aren't in the military or have no plans to join the military, I think that it's always important to make sure that you prioritize yourself to a degree. Obviously, you know, we have to also take care of other people around us, whether we're married, have kids, whatever. But I think Mm -hmm. that it's so easy to put ourselves on the back burner and be like, oh, well, I'll get to it later. I don't have time to do self-care. I don't have time to go to a therapist or whatever it may be. And I think that that is when you do everyone around you a disservice because you're not going to be able 
to help those people and be there for them in the way that you could if you were taking care of yourself to start with. Absolutely. Like I told my husband from the get go, like I need to go to the gym. That is my one like non, I can't think of the word, but like (laughs) it is my, it is my essential that I need to go to the gym. And Mm -hmm. so he, he is really, really good about, you know, making sure I have that time. And if it's one of those days where I'm like, uh, you know, I'm in a slump and I don't feel a hundred percent myself or, you know, there's extra stress going on in the house. He still is like that super awesome support. That'll be like, Hey, just go to the gym. Even if all you do is go walk for like a half hour, go clear your head. Because once I'm there, it's never just, Oh, I'm just going to be here for 20 minutes. It's all, it always turns into (laughs) a workout. So yeah, just having that support system and finding whatever self-care looks like to you is, is so important. Yes, because self-care isn't just, you know, face masks and foot soaks. Exactly. <laughs> there it's are so drink- many different ways. Yes, it's drinking enough water. It's going to bed on time. And, you know, like, if because you, you're not going to want to do a face mask if you're super dehydrated. Like, <laughs> yes, but you have to take care of yourself in all aspects. Yes, I completely agree. Because I know that while, yes, you know, certain general things, like I know that oftentimes people find like writing things down helps or like you said, drinking lots of water or working out or taking walks or doing a face mask. But there's so many different things that may not be the norm um, that can be your self-care. Some people coloring or doing puzzles or just sitting or listening to podcasts or whatever it is like Mm -hmm. we all have something different that fills us up and I think that nobody should discount what they feel works for them just because it doesn't look like what everyone else thinks works exactly like some days I'll just sit and crochet because it just takes my mind you know I'm able to it's doing something with my hands but I'm able to to think about stuff in a way that like I don't feel stressed out Mm -hmm. so even crocheting like and I suck at it but I do (laughs) I make washcloths (laughs) that's awesome I have a lot of crocheted washcloths from my husband's aunt and I use them all the time and they're the best I prefer them a lot they are they're they're so much nicer (laughs) yes I completely agree Um, and as far as, um, where people can find you on social media, um, do you have, I think, I know that you have Facebook, do you have Instagram or like, where can people find you? So, yeah. So I have like my personal Instagram where I share like my fitness stuff Mm -hmm. and that's hippie mama underscore lifts. And that's where like, I share like my health. Most of my health stuff is on that page. Um, and then if anyone's interested in following our bus build, um, it's strong.wild.free on Instagram. I'm going to have to follow that because I want to see all the things. <laughs> I, we're still, I'm still learning how to like edit videos. I'm not very tech savvy. Um, <laughs> so I'm still learning how to do all that. Um, but yeah, we try and post on there fairly often. I love it. I'm going to have to go check it out after this. (laughs) And with the name of the podcast being Beautiful Legacy, I like to ask all my guests, what kind of legacy do you want to leave and why? Um, my biggest legacy I want to leave is basically for my girls. Like they're, they're my whole focus, right? Like I know it transfers over to other people. Um, but I want them to understand like you can be your own person and go your own direction and be kind and be healthy, you know, however health looks for them, that I think is going to be the biggest legacy that I want to leave behind is just taking care of yourself in a not selfish way. If that, I hope that makes sense. Yes, <laughs> I really I, that, do. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I love that. And I know that we've kind of touched on how you're doing that, but what are some other ways that you are making that happen? Um, So setting, being the example, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like in today's world, like we just need to be that strong example for our children so they can 
they can see a world where, hey, you know, yeah, it's chaotic and things may be really rough, but that doesn't mean I have to be rough. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I need to lose my kindness and my humanity or, you know, give up my dreams and goals to fit in a box that the world is trying to put me in. So, yeah, I think just doing the best I can to set that example for them every day. I don't always get it right. I don't, (laughs) you know, I'm only human, but just trying to show them, you know, every step of the way that, hey, if you mess up, say sorry and be kind to that person and, you know, take care of yourself. I love that. I think that sometimes we can be so hard on ourselves when we're trying to leave a good example and feel like we aren't doing that because we fail sometimes. And I think it's important to remember that we're human. And that honestly can be some of the best examples to other people and especially children in our lives is that we can fail, but we can still get up and get back on the horse, so to speak, and continue to move forward. Um, Because I think that sometimes we forget to show other people that we sometimes fall down. And I think that that can do a disservice if they don't know how to get back up once they have fallen themselves. Exactly. And I really appreciate you giving me some of your time today. And thank you so much for your service and your husband's service. And um, was there any last things that you wanted to share before we end the episode? Uh, No, not that I can think of. I just hope everybody, you know, takes care of themselves in this crazy, crazy time we all live in. Yes, I agree. And as always, to the listeners, you are loved, you are worth it, you are priceless, and I will talk to you all later.